episode of Mr. Badger Talks to Utter Scum, and I'm with a close friend of mine, Leonard Point. How are you, Leonard? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm not bad. I've got a chicken on a skewer, so I'll be enjoying that throughout the podcast. So, Leonard, I am right, aren't I? Close. Um, Ian. Ian, Ian, Leonard. My, my, my friends call me Ian, usually. They both start with an L. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ian Point, um, you're here today to talk about drugs and rehabilitation. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. I thought we'll, we'll, we'll get people with an exciting topic and see where we go with it. Yeah. So, so when did you first become... A, a drug user? Oh, me personally, probably uh, I was at 11, I think. 11? Yeah, I started smoking cannabis at 11 years old uh, with my stepbrother and some of the older boys at the time. Yeah. Um, enjoyed it. Started taking acid. Enjoyed that. Started sniffing solvents. Enjoyed that. It got to a point where I stopped enjoying it as much. So I started taking heroin. Just, just, to, just to stop you before you got to that, you said you started sniffing solvents. Yeah, well, gas, butane gas. If I'm not mistaken, a solvent is a homeless person. No, no. Um, <laughs> oh. <coughs> no, it's butane gas for a lighter. A, a, a lighter? Yeah. Oh, that, that's where I got the link, because sometimes people set the homeless on fire, don't they? Yeah, it has been no. Yeah. Have, have well, you ever set a homeless wrong, person they? on fire? And not to my recollection, but there's big patches of my 20s that's, that escaped me, so... Yeah, that's my excuse I'm, I'm not, course I'm not as well. It out. <laughs> I'm not pulling <laughs> it out. <laughs> so so you, you started off very small by, by eating a can of bees, and then you ended up onto the dangerous drug that is heroin. Yes. And... You're still taking that now? No, thankfully, it's been a little while. I started taking it at 16 years old. Um, I had 10 years at it. I enjoyed it for about two of those years. Um, but it's very Moorish. Yeah, um, it I, is a bit. I, I, I tried to delude myself into believing I was still enjoying it. So, with that note, who is selling heroin to a 16-year-old? Uh, drug dealers. They want money. They don't give a shit. They don't care. Because so, I, I, I can understand the, the gas and the stuff like that. I can understand getting hold of that, but heroin, you, you, you've pretty much got to go looking for that, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I didn't look for it to start with. It kind of landed in my lap. Um, but as soon as it had landed in my lap once, then I started looking for it. And there were dealers living on my street, so I'd go around. Um, and and there, was, there was a bit of scepticism from there part, but once I flashed the cash, they didn't give a shit. Oh dear, bloody hell. Is it, is it acceptable where you were growing up, or would, would the, the neighbourhood have shunned that sort of behaviour? I'm pretty certain they would have shunned it. I mean, I kept it quite secretive for a few years until it was hard to hide it. I mean, yeah. you, you've, you've, you've seen what people look like when it, when it gets them after a time. You can tell they're wearing big coats in, in the summer. Um, very skinny and yellow 
tinge to the face. Once that got me, it was pretty hard for me to hide from it. But, but I, I look like that, and I've never tried heroin. Mm. I'd get yourself down to the vets quick time. Uh, they, they, they won't see me, because apparently it's from all the pig milk consumption. <laughs> Who's selling you pig milk? I, I get it myself. <laughs> I wake up from every souls. morning and there's a fresh <coughs> batch of pig milk in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 it's uh, you know, you'd have to pay for it. It's, it's reasonably tasty. Well, it's not, but it's free. So, yeah. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to weigh it all up, haven't you? How, how much is heroin? Is it more than pig milk? Hey, I've, I've, I've never purchased pig milk, uh, but I will say that heroin is quite pricey. Right. It cost me quite a lot. Because it's not a cheap drug, then. No, I mean it's it, it it starts off cheap. It does it. It took me a fiver and that to keep me going for eight hours. It just didn't stay that way for long. Oh, that was right. Oh. That's that Moorish effect. Yeah. A bit like that chicken skewer. Oh, this is disgusting. I found it in a bin. <laughs> oh. I don't even know if it's chicken. <laughs> Been in it's for food. It's at the back of the Chinese, and it, I think it's. I found a dog collar as well. <laughs> Was there a phone number on the dog collar? I can't read. <laughs> it's going to be an hieroglyphic troll, I know. That could have been an ancient Egyptian dog that I'm eating right now. <laughs> oh, okay now. <coughs> and it's still better than pig milk, but. Mm. So, how long, roughly, were you on sort of the hard drugs for then? I'd, I'd say I'd say ten years, but there was brief spells where I was uh, removed from society, shall we say? As, as um, in, and I played about prison. Off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dog band. Yeah, we might have both bumped into each other at one point then. It's possible. I did the rounds. Did you ever see a man that looked like a, a giant? Melted sausage, getting violently fucked in the anus. Was that on B-Wing? I, I don't know. Again, I can't read. Could have been anywhere. <laughs> one, of the, one of the Egyptian wings. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, I, I, did you ever get violently raped in prison? Thankfully, not. Um, oh, no, although, although it's I quite nice. I look back at my time in prison and I do wish I could have brought myself to suck a dick because it would have been a lot cheaper on tobacco in there then. <laughs> I, I don't suppose you have. There is a bit of difference between sucking on a penis and sucking on a cigarette. Uh, I mean, I, I have no frame of reference, but I do imagine that, yeah. <laughs> he said no frame of reference. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, Your Honour. Yeah. <laughs> He's on to... And I said, I don't know if you know, in the, the middle of the, the new podcast for season three, we've got a section called Mr. Badger's Corner of Love. Uh, have, have, have you been watching it? I've not caught it, no. No, it so it's been brand new to me. Now, so um, what happens is I invite a guest on and we talk about a, a sexual problem or sexual issue from one of my listeners. And today it's been sent in by a Mr. Ten but Bidger, ten but Bidger, and uh, ten but Bidger would like to know when you are sucking a man's penis to avoid a stabbing. How long 
should you technically give pleasure for? Is it till completion? Or should you just do it until the drugs kick in and you can overpower them? I'd say you'd have to err on the side of caution and take it to completion because you're risking them being frustrated doing half a job. Yeah, sometimes it's all right, isn't it? You don't mind. Well, in for a penny, in for a pound. If you've, if you've took it that far that it's in your mouth, you might as well, you know, no, nobody wants it. to feel like they've not finished the job, do they? No, that's it. There's no point going in half-cocked, is there? <laughs> and that's where the origin of the phrases are. Cool. That's exactly where it there. came from. Yeah. Yeah. So, would you would you suck a man off for money? Not for money, but probably to avoid being stabbed. Right, I what, have what, money. What, what if, like, <laughs> say, I found out where you lived and I, and I bought a knife? Would you suck me off? <laughs> I mean, there are other ways of going about this. You, know, you could probably wine and dine me first. We'll see where that goes. And then if not, pull the knife out. I've never been called a romantic, to be fair. So I'm just, uh, I mean, B- Mr. Bidger, he, he's, he's never been called a romantic. So uh, I'm guessing he's... <laughs> well, I mean, so in that scenario, then we can all try something new, can't we? Yeah, yeah. New again. So... <laughs> Thank you for, for giving me, Mr. Bidger, some advice. Have you got any sexual problems you'd like to bring up on the show? Um, I'm, I'm not having any at present. Uh, I think that's problematic to some degree. Is, it, is, that, is that due to the lockdown? Uh, partially. Partially? <laughs> 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 due to yourself? <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want to go that that insecure that fast into this podcast. But yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you. But I, I can help you with that as well. Since it's still time for Mr. Badger's corner of love, would you like some advice from Mr. Badger? Yes, please. Right now, there's a lot of old people's homes with minimal security. Honestly, you can just sneak in and out, and that's in both cases. You can just do what you want to do, and nobody believes them. Right, giant badges just come in and fuck me. Yeah, who's going to believe that? <laughs> just give me a second, I need to write this down. Yeah. I'm glad you can write. <laughs> I'm just doing representative shapes. I, I'm, I'm drawing a building and an old person next to me. That's what I do. I just do shapes and not even numbers. I just like do dots and that. That'll do, won't it? I was inventing my own hieroglyphics as we speak. Yeah. Well, going back to the main podcast then, just talking of education. Now, you, you were an addict for a long time. I understand you, you've educated yourself now because you, you've gone into rehabilitation and you are now getting people away from your old ways. I'm definitely attempting to. Um, the, the trouble with addiction uh, is it it's rebellious. It, the behaviour behind an addict is very rebellious. So trying to get them to do something that they only half want to do proves very difficult. Um, <laughs> I mean, I said, I said to you before, it was like, I just tell people that they're wrong about everything they think about life for about nine to 12 months. And if they listen, they thank me at the end. And if not, fuck off and use generally. Yeah, I must admit, there's a lot of people where I tell them what I want to do and they're not really into it. But by the end, we're all happy. <laughs> So, what? How long were you a, a user for? Then did you say when you? Because you started at sixteen. When did you finally manage to break away and sort of live again? 
I think, I mean, if, if we look at addiction, addiction is more than just drugs. It's, it's, it's a behavioural pattern uh, that's very selfish and greedy in nature. And, and that was in me from about six or seven years old. I started taking drugs at 11 and then stopped using drugs at 31. So I call it 20 years. Yeah. Because it's a nice round number. But so addiction is like nasty behaviour. It's nothing to do with drugs. No, because uh, I mean... What, what we find is, I mean, what I've found from my own personal experience is uh, I was addicted to cannabis, then I was addicted to heroin, then I was addicted to uh, alcohol, then I was addicted to dating sites, addicted to Facebook, addicted to shopping online, addicted to Red Dead Redemption on the PlayStation 2. Doug Stanhope says it best. There's no such thing as addiction. There's just things we enjoy doing more than life. And it's that just obsessive, compulsive cycle of behaviour that leaves me doing one thing at the detriment of everything else. And that's that's addiction. Like, like wanking? Like, just like, yeah, uh, I missed that one out of my list. Yeah, that. Yeah, everybody likes wanking. That's not addiction, is it? That's, that's just having I mean, a nice Friday night. Well, there's, there's very, there's relatively few negative consequences until you get masturbation because you've gone too far with it and then I start applying additional creams after the fact. Well, that, and you keep on getting banned from Lidl. So. <laughs> Yeah. They do keep some weird stuff on the middle and middle aisle, and now we find out that Mr. Badger's in there too, in amidst the, the two-man tent and the chainsaw. I just lie in one of the freezers. I quite like the feel on, on my buttocks whilst I'm rubbing okay. it up against a piece of chicken. Oh, so you're in with the savoury stuff. I was going to ask. I didn't know if you was in with the desserts. You like the sweet stuff? Oh, no, I, I, don't, like, I don't like sweet things. I like, I like, it, I like it tart, you know, <laughs> like sour. I'll rub a lemon on it sometimes and that, that helps take the the, the the infections and the maggots out. Well, that's good. It's good that you find a way to work through these issues. Yeah, it work. I like working through my issues. So, again, going back to working through issues, you, you, you came out roughly around the age of 31-ish. When did you become... What would you call yourself? A, a, a rehabber? Rabbi? Are you a rabbi? I quite like that title and I'm going to see if I can change my job title to that. Um, but my, my job title is Senior Project Worker slash Assessment Lead. Uh, so I started off, I, I, I mean, I got requested to leave the rehab due to poor behaviour. Um, <laughs> and I decided that I wanted to go back and I managed to get my foot back in the door. Um, and they allowed me to do the completion of the programme. And at, at, at that point, I said, I'm going to keep coming back until you give me a job. Uh, and I'm a man of my word today. So I did that. Uh, went back as a volunteer, did a couple of years off the payroll, then got a job and then just worked my way up a little bit. Yeah. So well, that's what you're doing. You, you literally, you, you've lived through your life and now you use those skills to try and take people away from bad decisions. Ideally, yeah. I mean, ad addicts, uh, what, one of the things that I mean, I know from my personal experience, I thought that I was morally corrupt as an individual. And upon closer inspection, I've realised that can't be true because I felt guilty for the stuff that I did. So I was making poor choices based on misinformation or miseducation. And so the, the, the point that I try to get people to is it's not about abstinence, it's about choice. But what, what information are you using to make the choices? And then it puts people in a position of empowerment because addiction is very disempowering. Yeah, there's, there's there's things you could be doing that's worse than what you were doing in, in oh, your previous gotcha. Yeah. 
But what what would you say is worse than being a drug addict? Uh, I think burning homeless people. <laughs> what if you're cold? <coughs> what if you're also homeless and you think, well, John's probably only got a week left and I don't want to get hypothermia, so sorry, John. It's me or him. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think the, that might be able to mitigate uh, in favour of that behaviour. So what's the worst thing you did then whilst under the influence that you know of? Because you said you've ended up in prison, so there must have been some very dangerous things that happened. Yeah, I mean, I, like like most of my most of my offences were generally petty in nature. I think I think the worst one of the worst things that I did wasn't a crime as such, uh, but I injected somebody else's blood because it had heroin in it. That's oh dear, that's yeah. Oh, so you you took blood out of somebody and put it into yourself? Not quite like that, no. Uh, but they they. When you try to inject yourself in a vein that's half dead, you end up not being able to get it proper. And so they're drawn into it. And then because they couldn't finish off what was there, there was still quite a lot of heroin in that needle. And I needed it. Jesus, bloody hell. Even I'm not that bad. Like, you know, if I'm walking <laughs> past a school and there's witnesses, I just keep going. I've learned. <laughs> just hiding the bushes for a bit. Well, it's not hiding because people see the bushes shaking. So... <laughs> I've learned now, you have to just forget about wanting to, to help the kids get better and just go home and look at the kids on CBeebies. <laughs> you, you don't look happy with that decision. Are you not a fan of helping children? I'm not a fan of CBeebies. It's very repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the line was. That was the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Oh, but again, when you said you started at 11 and you you were smoking weed aged 11, yeah. what, again, going back to the whole, like, where did you get hold of weed at 11 years old? Uh, it, it, it was all part of playing up to the crowd, I think. Uh, I was hanging around with my stepbrother. He was a year older than me and he spent quite a bit of time with his brother who was older than him, 15, 16. So they were all doing it and we was hangers on by extension and ended up getting caught up into the same behaviours. And it, it was, uh, I wanted to feel included in something. Because I think at such a young age, I don't suppose you even know what's right or wrong. Like, you know, you probably know it is wrong, but... I knew it was naughty. Wrong. Yeah. I knew it was naughty. I didn't see any long-term negative consequences at that time. Um, yeah. And comparatively, cannabis didn't have as many as heroin did. And um, Would you say that the 20 years of drug addiction has uh, affected you at all? I, th I think definitely that um, those experiences have, have shaped some of my personality, I, I would say. I've recognised the darker side of humanity, but then I've been able to accept my dark side more readily since I started cleaning my act up. Well, that's it. So uh, off the back of that, you've managed to become a better person through those times. I, I do believe so. I mean, I, I'll never know because I, I can't live my life again without those experiences, but I'm quite happy with what's what's in front of you now. Yeah. Um, it's but it's like, so, like... so eight, eight years ago, if you'd have asked me, do I want to change all that shit? I would have probably said, yeah. But then since then, I've been able to use it to like basically build two careers off the back of it. Yeah. And that I wouldn't have been able to do without those experiences. Whereas thanks to all my 
Should we call them misadventures? I've not managed to build a single career. I, I, I built a, a, a teepee in the back garden and done that. It's that's, full that's of pretty shit. impressive, though, still. <laughs> yeah. My toilet's bust, so I just go into the teepee, lay a big turd, and come back indoors. It's all right. Do you shit in a teepee? <laughs> I wish I had a teepee to shit in. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that the new I haven't got a pot Pots to piss in yeah. <laughs> I haven't got a TP to shit in my final thing I'd like to know about then so again you, you've, you've reached the depths you've come back up were you homeless at any point yeah yeah uh, from probably 2010 till 2013 when I went to rehab and a lot of the people that you're dealing with, are they homeless? They were at the time, yeah. Um, they, they, they were the people that I was semi-acceptable around. I mean, by that point, I'd moved away from heroin and started drinking a lot. Um, and like I said before about being disempowered, uh, I, I felt for most of my life I was marginalised and bullied by everybody around me. So when I started drinking, I stopped giving a shit and started actively seeking confrontation. I became a bit aggressive. Yeah. Um, so some people would endure my company for short amounts of time until I flipped. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I was spending time with homeless people, but in short bursts. <laughs> in short bursts. Yeah. Because then you'd set them on fire. No comment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's anyway, what I said so... the last time I got asked that question. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> like a winning formula. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to interview techniques uh, so, so you started off you, you started off a, a normal boy in a normal family ish and then at 11 years old you got sort of not tricked into but sort of coerced into smoking weed to be part of a crowd that then developed in, through various drugs into eventually heroin you came off heroin became a fighting drunk uh, but you've taken all that experience You've wrapped it up into a nice ball, and you now educate other people to get back on track. That's a very good summary. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. And how are you doing right now? Are you rich? No, unfortunately, people don't get paid for helping people. People, people only get paid for exploiting people. I know it's um, fucking good. <laughs> I got three shops in China. <laughs> Do you, want, do you want some trainers? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love a bargain. You've not changed at all. You're still a Chinaman for some shoes. Mate, it's progress, not perfection. Yeah, I'm not wow. using heroin now. And so I've got surplus cash that I need to spend on something else. And you're offering me cheap trainers. I'm all over that shit. I mean, they're not great, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, you've seen the size of my feet, you know. They're mainly for deformed children, but... I'll take what I can and sell them off. But anyway, it's been lovely having you on today. And it's been lovely having somebody who actually makes a genuine difference to people's lives and doesn't just consider telling jokes for a living to be a worthwhile cause. Um, honestly, pro comedians are the worst. Um, so it's been lovely having somebody on with a, a little bit of a story to tell and who does something for society. So thank you very much, Leonard. You're more than welcome. Right, anyway, say bye-bye to the boys and girls, Leonard. Bye, boys and girls. Bye-bye, everybody. Don't take drugs unless you want to. <laughs> <laughs>